Can't get enough wrestling talk? Well, check out Ringside Rant with top guys RJ and Justin, the kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at 9 Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not-so-good days. Ringside Rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, Wrestling with Johnners Network, and the Shining Wizards Network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore ringside rant. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows drop Friday morning at nine Eastern. That's ringside rant with RJ and Justin, a couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows Friday mornings at nine Eastern. It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is with you this week. And introducing your host, he is Cincinnati's favorite son, J.D. Justin Davis. And from Rochester, New York, he is the man with the magical voice. RJ! And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation. Welcome back for episode 147 of the Ringside Rant. I'm the man with the magical voice. He is the man from the hills of West Virginia, J.D. Justin Davis. J.D., how you doing, bud? You hanging in there? I'm glad we kind of had a week of apart because I needed a little time of mourning after the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I think uh, I'm officially over it. I was texting with uh, Polly B the other day. I, th- I think today I finally maybe started to get over it now, but... Tough one, as seems like all of our Super Bowl losses have been. Um, well, well, at least you didn't lose four in a row. Yeah, but we are <laughs> up oh and three now. Um, well, I... But I do believe that the good thing for us is we got the third most cap space and plenty of room to fix that offensive line in a good offensive line free agent class. So I hopefully we fix that, and I think we'll have a good shot at maybe playing the Bills in the AFC Championship game next year and see who goes. So, Well, we can cross our fingers for that. We'll have to uh, hope for the best. But, no, I had a uh, – my Super Bowl was great. I ended up banking, uh, as you know, uh, $1,875 in the uh, Super Bowl squares by our good buddy G- uh, GBM out of Buffalo. So uh, good brother, Mike hooked me up and won three out of the four quarters. Nice. And uh, I, I had great numbers. I just, I have that, I have my system. I always put them in a certain spots and they work this time. They didn't work last year. And I told him, I said, dude, I, I never win anything. He's like, Oh, for somebody that doesn't win anything, you won an awful lot this, this year. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm, I've, I've kind of sworn off the uh, fantasy and gambling for at least a little bit until uh, football season starts. So. Well, big news out of Cincinnati yesterday. We did uh, re-sign our head coach to a five-year extension. His contract mm-hmm. was up. So we wrapped up Coach Taylor through uh, through 2026, which I was glad to see. Yeah. Um, he's done a fantastic job, and I look forward to the Bengals' future next year. Moving yeah. on from football, well, <laughs> I'm just going to get off that real quick. 
before it puts me in a bad mood. Yeah, we can't get in a bad mood because we're on the <laughs> go home uh, episode here of WCW Nitro or go home to Super Brawl 8, which we're looking forward to. We're going to be welcoming in uh, near, dear, close personal friend of both of ours, uh, Adam from Bama, will be on with us next week, uh, taking over uh, taking over the hot seat that uh, Devin left last time. So, uh, So basically our two hour hour and a half show will now be about four hours as we wait for Adam, Alabama yeah. Adam to finish a sentence. So, so pretty much it'll be a uh, top guy theater with Frank Bruno. It's going to turn a two hour show is going to turn into like a four hour thing that you're going to have to uh, have like six breaks in between there. Cause you don't take a leak or something. When Adam starts to talk, you guys hit the fast, uh, make it go three times faster and it'll just sound normal. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett was known as a human fast-forward machine. Well, you know, Adam from Bama may just outdo him this uh, next week. So uh, looking forward to that. But this week, we are uh, got the go-home show. Uh, Justin, it was an uh, interesting show nonetheless. A um, lot, uh, lot of feuds kind of coming to, coming to a head. Uh, a lot of good stuff building to, uh, to Super Bowl. Uh, you got these two for me anyways, it's just these two big feuds uh, with uh, the Steiners and the outsiders, as well as um, obviously Hogan and Sting going for the uh, heavyweight title, the vacant heavyweight title anyways. So, yeah. And then you got the feud with Macho Man and Hogan and Macho Man and Luger going on as well. Overall though, I enjoyed the show. It seemed like the first four or five matches was, kind of just fill matches but the good thing about them was they were quick matches all of them were pretty quick and then they kind of left the meat of the show for all, all the big stuff there toward the end yeah that's kind of something we'll get into uh, when we get into the main event here uh but uh it, you're gonna have to have that with three hours as, as we've yeah. seen the nitros that we've done uh build-ups to this wcw pay-per-views and even the raws we're gonna end up doing too you know, it's a two, three hour show. You're going to have to have your four or five minute matches. Uh, or if you're Goldberg, you're 30 seconds, you spear him, you jack him, and you go back and go back to catering. So, and we are uh, coming to you live from the Florida State Fairgrounds, the Steinbrenner Event Center. You, you have to say that because you know I'm a Yankee fan and I know you're despised, not despised the Yankees, maybe. I don't know. But you have to say no, you're Steinbrenner right. Event <laughs> you're no, right. I was right on that. <laughs> Uh, we're in Tampa, Florida, home of the Yankee triple eight or, uh, sorry, spring training, spring training site. Um, and so we have a lot of Yankees here and former Yankees, uh, here at the show. I think, uh, George Steinbrenner is there, mm -hmm. right? Ringside, ringside, yeah. uh, ringside Craig, Craig Nettles. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have Florida Yankee. And at this time, current Tampa Bay devil Ray, uh, Wade Boggs, good, very dear, close, close personal friend of Kurt Hedding is here in the front row. Yeah, he was uh, the uh, he's a far much better Yankee than he was a Red Sox. So we'll just I doubt that yeah, he won more. Good. He won a championship, at least with the Yankees. Well, and he got to ride people, a and he got to ride a horse. Exactly. Well, a lot of people went, won a series with the Yankees and the Red Sox. So um, but one guy that didn't win a World Series that probably should sometime is Mr. Rich Palladino. It's not so too late, Rich. To the ring. Not too late, Rich. You might, you might, <laughs> might, might, might get on that horse, pun intended, I guess. It's the opening contest. 
All right, before we get to the show, Justin, I, I, uh, you sent me a nice little message this afternoon. Uh, you got a nice uh, cameo from uh, the best technical wrestler of all time. No, it's not Kurt Angle, but uh, Mr. Bret Hart sent you a nice cameo. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine got me a cameo for my birthday, came, you know, about a month late, but Better late than never, and uh, the hitman was awesome. About a two, little over two minute uh, cameo that he sent me, mm-hmm. and it was uh, quite a surprise this morning when I woke up and I had a text from cameo, and it was, it was the hitman. So it was pretty awesome. You know what? We have a special edition today. Let's uh, let's go over and listen to that right now. Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart, and I have a very special belated happy 37th birthday shout-out going out, should have gone out for January 7th, and this is going out to a very special guy, a longtime fan of mine, just a guy that everybody loves because he's got a heart of gold. This is going out to Justin, and Justin, I just hope that you had a great birthday, and I hope you have a great, fantastic 2022, and just know that everyone loves you for being the guy that you are. I thank you so much for being that longtime fan of mine always in my corner, always backing me up, always cheering me on, always just being there for me. But that's what everybody loves about you, Justin. You're just there for everybody all the time. And you prove time in, time out that you have a heart of gold and you give and give and give all the time to everybody all around you. Like a big, giant, bright light that shines goodness and happiness into everybody's day. And just know that's what everybody loves about you, Justin. You prove every single day that you are the excellence of execution at everything you do and the love the sacrifice, the dedication, the hard work that you put into every single day, being the man that you are, never goes unnoticed and never goes unappreciated, especially by Tyler and everyone else that knows you. So have a fantastic 37th birthday. Just know everybody loves you. The way you live your life and the way you carry yourself as a man, you prove time in and time out that you truly are the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Have a fantastic 37th birthday. And as far as great moments in my career... I think the greatest moment of my career for sure had to be when I won the world title from Ric Flair in Saskatoon. It wasn't the greatest match I ever had, but it was certainly one of the great moments of my career. And I never forgot. It was, it was, a, it was a day of reckoning and a day of everything that I worked so hard for finally coming to fruition. So I hope the same dreams for you can come true. Never give up on your dreams and just know anything can happen. Believe in yourself and just know everybody loves you, Justin. Have a great birthday. Stay cool. Stay safe. Keep on rocking. And God bless. All right. So that was awesome, man. I have, I'll be honest with you. I listened to it a couple of times and watched it a couple of times. It was pretty cool. Uh, he personalized it fairly well. So, um, but not to put a damper on the show, but leading up to this, we, uh, as we spoke about last week, uh, they did a MMR of, uh, Louis Bacoli who passed away on the 15th of February. Um, 1998 um they said when peace police arrived they theorized that the wine multiplied the effects of the somas that was in the system uh with the research that i found um didn't want to get too far into it but uh, it just it, it sucks when uh somebody in the business and somebody in general goes out like this yeah especially a guy that had been a kind of a jobber in wwe a few years ago and now he was actually starting to get some TV time on WCW with the NWO lackey type role that he was playing. And um, it's just a shame that as soon as he was kind of getting that TV time, his life was cut short. Um, very awkward spot in the show, too, here at the beginning. 
Tony asked Larry if he wanted to speak on Spicoli and Larry said no. And it was just a really awkward moment. Larry said, you know, because of his family, I'd rather not say anything. Like Larry was still kind of like going off the NWO angle, I guess, which was a weird thing to do after someone just died. But yeah, you awkward think spot. Kind, you know, you think you'd kind of break kayfabe for a little bit. And as, as old school as Larry is and was and whatever the case may be, I'm sure he's still trying to be now. Uh, but you got to come on, man, it just break it for a couple minutes and at least tell him your thoughts. And I, I don't know whether it was that or the fact of how he passed that he didn't want to bring it up and talk about it because I, at that point you don't know. Uh, right. A hundred percent. So you don't want to assume stuff and then the family gets all upset and rightfully so. But um, the one thing is see- we open up here, we got Tony, Larry and, um, and Mike uh, today. T- the one thing that was uh, very noticeable to me is how small this arena is. Like when it opens it up is. and does the wide pan, you can like see the ceiling and the sides and it's just, it looks very small. Well, there's a lot of, uh, I've been watching a lot of old uh, Raws in advance of from some upcoming shows that we have. Uh, and a lot of the shows in this between 90 i want to say at least 95 up to probably about 99 you're gonna get in some of these arenas and venues that are fairly small they're only seating probably eight thousand or what have you uh because they want to get into these small arenas and then obviously for the pay-per-views they go into the bigger ones your georgia domes uh or you know your madison square gardens or whatever the case may be but yeah, I noticed that too. Where I'm like, holy shit, this is awfully small. No wonder Steinbrenner is uh, <laughs> runs his place because it's small enough for him to do. Yeah, um, and then we get our first match here pretty quick. It's Goldberg and Hugh Morris, which I feel like we have seen this match ten times by now. It seems like it wasn't. Uh, I want to say. I'll have to go back in my research. Goldberg's first match was against you. Yeah, that's so. what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was his first one that he started the streak with, which I think you pretty much have, especially with the WCW roster, you're kind of run into this a lot of times, is especially when you're doing a streak like Goldberg, is you're going to run into guys twice or three times or whatever, which I, a win's a win regardless. And it's just like, come on, man. He beats him at 56 seconds. What the hell's the goddamn point? The only thing I will say, Hugh Morris did get a little bit of offense in, even if just for Not much. Yeah. But <laughs> I think he got like he, a punch or two. I mean, he did, I think, get Goldberg into the corner and kind of give him some shots. And then that was about it. Yeah. And this was uh, this is a rematch from their match back in September, this, this September before this, too. But he tries his damnedest, but 56 seconds later, he's back in catering. So uh, so we see another video package oh, here. We've seen- I had one note on that match. Tony yeah. said that um, Goldberg just gave him a front chancery. I was like, what the fuck is a front chancery, Tony? Yeah. I'm, now, maybe it is a move, or maybe Tony's just making shit up. I, he's probably Shivani, if I had to guess. Oh yeah, without question. I'm sure that's definitely something that he would do. I'm sure he had to go uh, ask Mike Tanay. Well, what the hell was that move? A front. Oh, it's a front chancery. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense then. Thanks, thanks, Mike. 
Uh, now he just goes Excalibur. Yeah. Uh, but in between this, uh, these matches here, we can see a video package on the Steiners and how, quote, successful they have been as of late. Okay, well, I think successful is being used very loosely at this point because they're starting, you're starting to see the planting of the seeds of, okay, who's going to turn on who as far as the Steiners? Yeah. And I think it's I, – I, I liked it because you didn't know who. And Tony just keeps saying, like, they're they're all fine now. You know, there's no problems. And you can tell the way they're trying to sell that, that mm -hmm. it's going to turn to shit. And I just – this is something that I – obviously, we'll probably – we'll get into it later, too, uh, next week. But I just wish they would have done it earlier because now it's like, okay, it's 90, 98. What the hell's going on now? I was You're glad they got another run with the tag belts because it felt like the outsiders had them forever and it was good to see somebody else get them. Yeah, but the, who else other than the outsiders could actually handle it? You know, you're breaking up Meng and the Barbarian here, so the faces of fear are out. The only you're other gonna... tag team I know they had was Public Enemy. Uh, Harlem well, Heat had, had Harlem, already Harlem broke Heat. up, Yeah, but they were kind of singles now. Well, and you got, uh, was it High Energy? Uh, what's his name? Stevie Ray was in NWO, right? Yeah. So Harlem Heat's not there. It's basically Public Enemy and and those two. There wasn't a whole lot of tag teams to pick from, anyways. But well, you got some second, jobbers or something in there, right? Our second match is Sick Boy against Mark Starr. Here is our second appearance from Mark Starr. He's over, man. He's that jobber, <laughs> man. <laughs> I. I... I, I, I wrote know. down I, I wrote down sick bar versus Mark Star and I wrote them both with two R's on the end. I don't know why. <laughs> I it's, probably the cold, it's probably that cold medicine on you've been overworking yourself <laughs> all week, man. I guess so. But yeah, I didn't even write any notes on the match because no one cares. Well, Third match. A, the <laughs> well, but the thing, but the funny part about this is this would lasted more than the damn Goldberg match. This is yeah. over three minutes, but. Anyways, this next match wasn't too bad. I actually enjoyed this, even though it was another short match. Uh, we got the Outsiders with Dusty as part of the NWO taking on Public Enemy. And uh, we're going to start to see this quite a bit. We're going to see a lot of this DQ bullshit. And uh, this match was no, no different. So yeah. I, I just I, it proved a point. Because they're still playing up this fine bullshit for jackhammers or jackknives, whatever the fuck you want to call it. How Kevin Nash can't do the power bomb, And of and course, like... Kevin Nash picks up Rocco or whichever one. Rocco Vincetti. Rock. Rocco or Vincetti. I don't know which one it was. Uh, <laughs> picks up Rocco and power bombs him over the ropes and on, into on a table. Yeah. Onto a table, which was, yeah, onto the grunge that was sitting there on the, laying there on the table. It was actually a pretty good spot. And then um, Doug Dillinger comes right out. Kevin Nash puts his hands out and Dillinger slaps the handcuffs out of him. Attica, Attica. <laughs> yeah. I just, I liked how he did it, but I just think it went way too goddamn long. You know what I mean? It's like... I, I get you want to make 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 a storyline all of this out of all this stuff. I get it, 
but is it really necessary though? You're, you're already over. You're one of the top faces or top, not faces as far as heel and face, but you're the most recognizable person. One of the most recognizable people in the company, in the world. Why do you need this? I like how it works out though. They're working with public enemy. Public enemy is known to want to take bumps like that. They're the perfect tag team to take that bump over the ropes through the table like that. So, you know, yeah, what the sad part out. is though, they, they, they'll do the jobs for the outsiders, but they won't do jobs for the APA. Yeah. What the hell? APA is better anyways. Oh, then we get my second favorite part of the show. Barry Horowitz? No, a crazy nitro party. Oh, okay. We have the a nitro party winner is Chris Hergel from Leesville, South Carolina. And my God, was this a nitro party. If you guys don't, if you guys want to go back and watch one thing out of this show to, to really tell you guys what 1990 early 1998 was like go watch this little segment on this nitro party they have an outside party there's what looks like a hundred people there hot girls guys everywhere we got guys dressed up as wrestlers putting on matches outside uh it was quite wild people drinking all over the place that's one of the most wild best nitro party videos that we have seen so far it was fairly interesting because (laughs) there was a guy dressed up like rick flair in a robe everybody dresses up as rick flair in a robe it doesn't matter whether it's a but it was like a costume like it had like a puffy chest like a oh right right (laughs) like like the fat the fake abs and pecs and all that shit yeah uh, you know, that's, that's definitely, I'm like, oh, I knew I, I even put it in my notes cause I knew you were going to talk about it. I'm like, I think this is going to be something just as I hang his hat on. So I'm going to leave that out of my stuff. Oh, um, yeah, it was great. It was absolutely wonderful. But dude, there's not another, another short match nap next. Uh, oh. Another one that we can really skip. Well, yeah, but before that mean gene interviews, Nick Patrick and Patrick actually gives a great promo here. I thought it was a great job by nick patrick for as little mic time as he's had in his mm-hmm. career i thought he did a great job selling his you know his plight right here which was wcw wasn't letting him referee and he was getting screwed and all this stuff i thought it was a really good interview you know surprisingly enough nick patrick has really surprised me these last few nitros and pay-per-views that we've watched with him involved whether it's uh, the straight lace Nick Patrick and WCW or the heel uh, Nick Patrick and NWO. It's hard not to get, uh, to get him over because he does it so well with obviously his father being Jody Hamilton, you know, he grew up in the business, so he knows what to do, what not to do. Um, and he's that other, he's that other, uh, other guy in the ring. He's that third guy in the ring that can really yeah. help everybody out. You don't see that very often at this time. Yeah, uh, he was awesome. This next match, like you said, we can skip, but I I do have to comment on this. I Mike, like Barry Horowitz, man. Mike Enos versus Barry Horowitz. What the fuck? Like, I think this is 1994 WWF. I know. Like I I always like remember Barry and WWE, but these guys, the crowd was so silent they didn't know what else to do, so they both just yelled a lot. Like yeah. on every move, they'd be like, ah, and like they screamed throughout the whole match. As you, as, uh, as you, as you hear a fucking mouse fart. Yeah. 
And Enos wins with a power slam, <laughs> like laugh out loud, a, just a regular power slam off the road. <laughs> a minute and 50 seconds. It's like, really? I'm like, but like you said, it's like you get these three hour shows. You're going to have to have some filler. You're going to have to have some bullshit quick matches in here. And this is obviously another one outside the other couple that we've seen already. The Yeah. Then we get works. a backstage segment with Davey Boy and McMichael where they continue in their feud. Which we've seen this. I mean, here comes Davy Boy's just walking around drinking some English tea, you know, probably. And McMichael comes at him, and goes, "Don't just stand there drinking coffee when a man's talking to you, Davy Boy." And then they just start fighting, and then they I gotta get it broke up. I didn't know if that was you or or Steve McMichael. I could have closed my <laughs> eyes and it could have been the same person. <laughs> Yeah, the, the accent between West Virginia and wherever the fuck redneck town he's from ain't too far off, I don't think. Yeah. But uh, we're on to our second hour of the show. We got Eugene Nagata with Sonny Ono taking on La Parca. Now, La Parca is the original chairman, right? Chairman, yep. Chairman of the board. Outside of uh, outside <laughs> of Sean Spears currently, obviously. Uh, another guy that's really outkicked his coverage. Um, but anyways, regardless, we're not here to talk about that, but uh Yuji Nagata wins with a uh, Nagata lock three minutes 35 seconds yeah why well, haven't this, we why have we seen Nagata? I don't know he kind of flips in and out um during this match Tony announces that Bret Hart has arrived as well as Ric Flair kind of got me excited to see those two later on in the show um but during the match um Sonny Ono distracts the referee as usual Disco chartbusters La Parca comes in and chartbusters La Parca, which is important because we'll see the, the blow off to that later on in the show. Um, that distracts the great Pee Wee Anderson, and then Yuji wins with with his submission move. So that yeah. not a bad little match, you know. That one actually now we're starting to see some matches last a little bit longer. Now, why don't you think we saw Nagata uh, as a champion in this time? I don't know if they just. I don't know how long he was planning on staying. And I think we've talked about this before. Like if he yeah. was going back and forth, I just, you know, I'm not sure what his deal was to where maybe they just didn't. Plus you've got so many guys that are contending for that cruiserweight championship right now. Well, I'm not even talking cruiserweight. You know what I mean? Even get him with tag, TV. get him a tag partner, a TV, TV or something, you know? Yeah, then we get our first show of the Nitro Girls, who are looking as only they can look, of course. Oh, and, question. Uh, then we get our sixth match of the night, which is Billy Kidman and the Ultimo Dragon, who comes out in a badass-looking all gold. I always like I always like to see what Flair is wearing. I always like to see what colors Ultimo Dragon is wearing. He's in all gold tonight, and it looks mm -hmm. pretty good. Real good match, though. Yeah, no, this is you know it's a personification of how good this cruiserweight division is. Uh, Ultimo Dragon can pretty much have a good match with anybody, and Kidman is just on that uptick right now uh, as far as being part of the flock, and then he's going up here with the stars of cruiserweight. We're going to see him, obviously, later on towards the end of WCW have his feud with Hogan, but... Um, I feel like he's paying his dues here, you know, putting over yeah, Ultimo yeah. Dragon, putting over some of these guys, but also giving them really good matches and showing the people in the back that he's a guy that you can start to elevate. And I think they are here. They're giving him more and more TV time. Now, 
Kidman avoids the dragon sleeper here a couple times, but then he really, and then he uh, loses eventually to the, uh, the suplex and finally locks, uh, locks it in. That is uh Ultimo dragon. But where would you rank this, the dragon sleeper? It's something simple enough as far as a finisher that a, it's, it's a submission and B, you could pretty yeah. much put it on anybody anywhere, anytime. Um, well, I don't know if you can, you can get well, John Tent. Tenta in that bitch. He ain't well, leaning back. <laughs> you may. You never know. You never know if you try. But it's it's just interesting to look at the, a lot of these finishes at this time. It's something that's simple enough that you can put it on, and that's why I think to uh, bring it up to speed as far as current day. That's why I think like guys like Randy Orton, DDP that had the cutter. You had Jake Roberts with the DDT. Something simple enough. Austin with the stunner, where you could get something there. Mm-hmm put it on pretty much anybody anywhere anytime and it works it serves yeah, a purpose I, it is i've never really thought about it but it is a really good finisher it's just like a backwards type of sleeper where the guy's leaning back and you've got him like cinched mm-hmm. in there knee. yeah you it's, got him on your knee yeah it's a really good move and you're right i'm surprised someone today doesn't use that move as a finisher because you definitely could um but it, it could be your I, finisher there you go yeah <laughs> I got a different finisher, but <laughs> I, I like, I always love the spot when he starts kicking the shit out of the guy, like kicking yeah. him in the front, kicking him in the back, like real fast. I always like that spot. And he did Well, that's something that you like a lot of the, if you guys want to watch a good technical match, watch anything with the ultimate dragon. Cause he'll literally pick each person apart or he'll stomp on each, every part of your body. Something that honestly, that's a guy that like Randy Orton does. He'll pick a par- pick apart and just beat it down, beat it down. Then he'll pick another one, beat it down, beat it down, and it's a decent match. Uh, hey, speaking of, I said someone now should use that finisher. Speaking of now, we had some news this week. I don't know if your people, if our people have been on the phone lines, calling Cody Rhodes's people, trying to find out some information on what's going on. Yeah, I just got a message. Um, uh, hey Siri, remind me on friday at 5 p.m to call cody to get him on the show next week <laughs> um yeah no, i know it's a big deal it really is uh we heard that and then we heard before that we heard austin's coming back and having a match uh that went from hey he's gonna have a match against us or um Kevin Owens, now the rumor is that he's gonna face goldberg it's like what the fuck do you really want austin to die no, he better not face Goldberg. My God. I'm surprised he's coming back in general. I don't see what else he has to prove. After yeah, Goldberg dr- almost killed The Undertaker a couple years ago in Saudi Arabia, yeah. we're going to yeah. risk Steve Austin's life now. Yeah. That that better not happen. Um, but no, a- anyways, and the whole Cody thing, I just think it doesn't surprise me completely. I I thought I thought it was a a, a um a work all along, to be honest with you, because what, and I told this to a bunch of us in this group chat we were in is what better of a heel tactic would it be to, Hey, fuck you. I'm leaving just to come back and stick it to you. I, Obviously I just, that's not the fact, but if his people are talking to WWE, according to the sources I'm reading, then it's not a work or else they wouldn't be. Right. 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 Like I said, I, and I told, uh another source of mine is like he's like yeah it's not a work i'm you're, like okay I, I you and denovius are on the same boat now 
I'm sure what now you think the Montreal screw job was a work too. Everything's a work. You, Denovius, and Tony Schiavone. Everything, hey, everything's <laughs> a work. Everything in the wrestling business is a work until it's disproven. Uh, that's my <laughs> philosophy. Seriously, I'm on that old school mentality. I'm like, unless I see a good amount of evidence to say it's not a work right off the bat, then okay, fine. I'll say, hey, you're 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 fucking with us, but. Um, but oh yeah, I just I thought it right off the bat. I thought it was a work, and I'm like, ah, it's probably probably true because you knew he was uh, his contract was up, and uh, he probably wasn't happy, creative, and all that stuff. I'm sure people shit was taken away from him, uh, from Tony and the Bucks and whomever else, and uh, but just felt slighted, rightfully so. You got everybody's gonna. You're going to have both sides. You're going to have somebody that says, oh, he's got to do what he's got to do. And you're going to have people that are going to crap on him. I've seen both sides. Oh, he's just there for the money. I'm like, well, what the fuck else are you going to do it for? I'm like, I don't know about you, Justin, but I don't want to do much of anything for free. No, I mean, I don't even do this show for free. Exactly. You know, you you guys don't understand how much I pay Justin. (laughs) We're, We're talking like six figures at this point. Yeah. He pays me in bottles of Evan Williams. Exactly. <laughs> Evan Evan Williams and uh, Flaming Hot Doritos. Thanks to our and, friend at uh, Pondwater Dave. And he and he sends me um, gift cards to Tudor's Biscuit World down here in Huntington. You say Tudor's? Yes. <laughs> That's a West Virginia staple, bro. <clears throat> I don't you know why that pop. I don't know why that pop. Dude, where the hell am I going to go to fucking West Virginia? Tudor's is a. It's it's in West Virginia, Kentucky, um, Ohio, Southern Ohio. It is like mainly a breakfast spot, but they do lunch too. But they have like all the biscuits. If you want to, they got something called a Mountaineer, which is like an egg, cheese, and and uh, sausage and hash brown, and they got all kinds of different names for all these different breakfast biscuits that you can get. They got one called the Peppy, which I'm kind of fond of. It's not your usual breakfast sandwich but it's pepperoni on a biscuit with uh like the hot melted cheese on there mm-hmm. it works for me their biscuits are gigantic too everyone go google Tudor's biscuits you'll see what i'm talking about and just make sure you spell it correctly because i'm sure you get kicked back and everything and just make sure you clear your history too uh, <laughs> so we're gonna see before we get to our next match we're gonna see uh gino uh have a uh, in-ring interview here with DDP and uh, basically talking up his match with Benoit at uh, Super Brawl, building that up. More and... of that baby face interview where, you know, I want him at his best. I want him jacked up, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whether he's get taken out by Raven or Perry Saturn, uh, he's going to make, he's got to make it to uh, Super Bowl, no matter and then, what. And then the flock comes in at the end of his interview and then Benoit comes in and helps him fend them all. Right. So, you know, it, it, it's a typical baby face thing. And, uh, but yeah, it's these next couple of matches. I, I don't want to spend too much into it. Uh, we're going to have a match between Mang and Barbarian. Uh, go two minutes, 20 seconds is, uh, as we see Barbarian take uh, take care of Mang. Well, Jimmy Hart comes in and does the spot, which we've seen multiple times now, where it, notice how they never bring in the metal chair. It's always the gimmicked wooden chair. Oh, of course. Th- that Jimmy puts over yeah. Ming's head, hangs around his neck, 
and then barbarian kicked him in the head three times it's always it always has to start with the chair and then give the finisher the a couple times to get that's the only thing you can get ming down with the wood chair over the head well and it's uh it's apparent that jimmy Hart's standing alone during this too so he doesn't have either one of them on his payroll so no uh, he's with barbarian oh he is with he's, barbarian okay, yeah he's okay. yeah he they're kicking ming out and i think it's like a start of a ming if i remember right like a ming babyface turn yeah i never liked it but whatever it defeats the purpose but um we have a scheduled Perry Sander versus Isco Inferno match, but that doesn't happen as Love Parker comes out and nails him with a chair. Uh, and then uh, we see Rick Martel come out, man, to replace Disco here. Uh, the model. As they, yeah. As we see a Perry Saturn Rick Martel match. Um, honestly, the only thing I really can, I took out of this, man, is uh, shit, how, how ageless is Rick Martel at this point? Still in good shape, still looking good. Yeah. He, he looks fantastic, especially not for, uh, since he hadn't been really wrestling on TV for a few years. Um, Sick Boy, once again, interferes, and mm-hmm. Saturn, Saturn gets the win, which actually sets up something here later on the show, which I really like this angle that they're doing here with, yeah. with Saturn and, and Booker T and Rick Martell. So, so you brought up Sick Boy. Do you think somewhere, is there a well boy somewhere? I'm a sick boy right now. I'm fighting this damn cold. I don't know if you guys can tell. You got the he's got the COVID. No, I'm, I'm joking. I, For the third I don't time, know, I don't know about a well boy, but there was a well girl, little baby Jessica. She's stuck in the well. Huh. Remember that? <laughs> no, but we'll move on after that because that can't really. You don't remember good. baby Jessica in like 1980 or 1990? This little two-year-old girl got stuck in the well, and they had to like work on it to get her out for like a day or two. It was a national crisis. Dude, I was fucking six in 90. What the hell, I the remember, hell am I going to Hey, Efren remembers baby Jessica. He listens to this show. He'll he'll know who baby Jessica is. Yeah, but Efren is a very knowledgeable man, so he knows pretty much everything. That's Let's true. Be honest. You know, he's a... He, he's he a knows man. a lot more than most people know. Let's put it that way. He's a man of many different hats. Uh but another man of many different hats, uh, Kurt Henning and Bobby Eaton here, man. Two minutes and 46, 46 seconds. What the fuck are they doing to Bobby Eaton? Just getting Henning a win. Um, I mean, it is nice to see these two work together just because they're both so good. Um, Brain says Bobby Bobby Eaton spent uh, four of his toughest years in the seventh grade. <laughs> figure, uh, figure that one out. Go ahead, guys. Figure that one out. Go ahead. And then as this match is going on, they show Kurt's buddy, Wade Boggs, there in the front row. I believe Wade Boggs once saved Kurt Henning from a life-threatening injury while they were hunting. I think it was... Um, or was it the other oh, way around? Shit. might have been the other way around. I think it, I, I, don't, I think I, don't know. I think Boggs did it when he was... Was it Wade Boggs? Was he WWE Hall of Fame? I don't know. And I think it was some Hall of Fame speech. Somebody did, or so, I don't oh, know. he probably did the speech for Kurt Henning. Maybe that's my what been when he was inducting him. That's probably what yeah. it was. That's what it was. And I think he mentioned it where something barbed wire fence yeah. that impaled him or something. They he stood there and did put pressure on, and he saved his life yeah. because if he did, I think that's what that it what yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so we're on to uh, our three here. 
Uh, if you're still awake with us after three hours of WCW, which, Nitro, which means we're getting Bobby Heenan at some point here instead of uh, Mike Tanay. Yeah. Well, we're going to kick off pretty hot here. We're going to see the uh, WCW tag. Well, I guess we already in. got him because I just mentioned what he said about Bobby Eaton there. So he yeah, well, yeah, I think he, he came in here a little bit after the third hour here, I think. Or or, excuse me, a little bit before. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but we're going to see the uh, tag champs, Steiner Brothers, defend against Vicious and Delicious, which <laughs> is... Uh, I love which, Vicious and Delicious. Which is uh, Justin's alter ego. Uh, yes. I you you if never mind I I I whether he's vicious or delicious we don't know you have well, to find out Buff and Norton versus the Steiners here and Steiners are in all red leather I think the last time they fought they were in all white leather they're they're in their yeah. leather mode now instead mm-hmm. of their regular tights bright neon tights like they used to do now they're in like the shiny leather stuff which it was different I'm glad they switched their shit up a little bit. I liked it. Um, this is not a short match, five, a little over five minutes. Another DQ match. We're going to see. Well, it is five minutes, but it's three minutes of Buff posing and talking to the camera. But let me, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me, let me talk to you about this. Is I like Vicious and Delicious. I really did. No, I, I do too. They complimented each other very well. Very good. And I actually wrote in the notes: Buff, Buff's facials and playing to the camera is so good. It's usually at the beginning of the matches when he's kind of in control. Yeah, but he'll talk to the camera. And what he mm-hmm. says is always usually pretty funny. Um, I just always enjoy that. Uh, of course, we get a, a schmoz here with the NWO interfering at the end, mm-hmm. which is pretty common around this time anyways. Um, but but you see the Steiners, like they come in, they knock Scotty out. They're starting to beat Rick up. And then Scott comes in and helps Rick and they run them all off. And it's showing that the Steiners maybe are united. Yeah, it's definitely throwing it up to really what you think about of this is, okay, who, what Steiner is going to turn on who? Or, or maybe they're united. Who knows? Uh, obviously, going forward, we're going to see that happen here at a, at a Super Bowl coming up uh, next week. So. Uh, we got a few more matches here. We'll talk briefly about this one here because it's setting up quite a, quite a nice feud. Uh, we yeah. got the TV champion Booker T taking on and putting his title up on the line for uh, against Rick Martel. Martel's uh, second match of the night, right? And uh, this is, I think, believe this is one of Amy's questions, uh, but we'll get into that after this. Amy, don't uh, don't you fret. But yeah, Rick Martel ends up beating Booker T here to gain the. Uh, be the new TV champion. I'm setting up a quite interesting angle going into just to, to Super Brawl. You and don't see um you don't see Booker T straight tap to a submission move very often. You don't. You don't. And it was a Quebec crab that he tapped out to uh, <laughs> in uh you see what I did there. Um in uh 8 minutes pretty much. And, and it comes after Saturn interference. So right. we're now so we're setting up that triangle the three of them where, you know, you see Saturn beat Rick Martell on this night, and now you see Rick Martell beat Booker T. So the argument is, they all three have an argument, I guess, for, for the TV champ. TV yes. Champ. So, so that's where we're going to go to later. But I honestly, I remember watching this show. When I sat down and watched this show today, there were spots like the Davy Boy and Steve McMichael backstage thing, 
the this match right here mm -hmm. and the and the Bret Hart spot here coming up. I remember when I saw those, I remembered watching that. Mm -hmm. And I remember this match specifically. I was absolutely shocked when Rick Martel won the TV title. Yeah. I think a lot Over of people were to be honest with you over Booker T because Booker T had been building up, getting built up so well. And all of a sudden here's Rick Martell, who was a jobber in WWE basically as mm -hmm. the model. I mean, he wasn't a straight job jobber, but he, and he comes in and wins the TV title from Booker T. I was like, what the hell? It actually shocked me. I didn't hate it though. I, I didn't hate it. It was just very surprising. Yeah. But we're it's like Eric see... Bischoff says, that element of surprise. That's what is good about Nitro sometimes. Yeah, it really is. But when we see Giovanni and uh, Tanay discuss whether or not Saturn will get his uh, TV title match at Super Brawl, now that Martel's champion. A little spoiler alert, we're going to see two matches, two TV championship matches at Super Brawl. A little spoiler alert before we get, uh, uh, before we get to that next week. All right, here comes my favorite part of the show. Yeah, I know Eddie Guerrero's coming out, right? Oh, actually, I didn't even write that match down. I forgot about that. No, that's fine. It, it wasn't. It was just setting up going forward anyway, so it wasn't that big of a deal. I was talking um, about Mean Gene announcing a certain cameo friend of mine. Oh, yeah, him too. <laughs> yeah they did have a match um dean malenko and chris benoit against eddie guerrero and chris jericho sure, okay. it was actually a really good match i love the spot where eddie guerrero was getting beat and he ran on his hands and knees into the corner where jericho was standing there trying to get tagged in but he ran and hugged jericho around the waist and jericho petted him up pet him on the head and i thought that was a really good funny spot yeah. i like that so obviously you're going to want to talk about your close personal friend, Mr. Bret Hart. So yeah. Mean right Gene ahead. comes out after that match and announces the hitman himself. He comes out and talks shit about Hogan. You know, Hogan, you've always ran for me. You never wanted to wrestle me in the WWE, you know, and all this shit. Yeah. And, uh, all of a sudden here comes this big tall guy in a big black duster out of the stands almost who the fuck is it it's crush of all fucking people brian adams <sighs> and no not the good brian adams not the canadian not the, one not the canadian singer that would be way better if he came out and sang something but brian adams in his wcw debut and when he comes out in that big coat all zipped up to the top you know what's underneath there oh of course you knew <clears throat> you didn't you didn't have to Gosh, you knew, knew exactly he was yeah. going to be part of the NW because this is that time where they're putting everybody and anybody in it. So, Brett, by you numbers. Know, he tells Brett, you know, Brett, me and you go back a long way and you can trust me, brother, and I'm going to have your back. And, you know, tells him to shake his hand and Brett does reluctantly. And then he grabs a hold of him and holds him while the NWO comes in and attacks Brett. Then Adams reveals his NWO shirt, of course. And like I said, I remember this spot very well because at this time I was leaning, I was really paying attention to everything because Brett wasn't on every week, really throughout his whole WCW run. Rarely was he on week to week to week. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember him coming out here. Adams revealed, I already said that. Flair comes out to save Brett, which was cool. 
And then Rick, after they run out the NWO, uh, Rick and Brett shake hands, which is also cool because they just had that match that sold out last month. So they had just fought and had their little feud, and now they have squashed that, and now they are buddies. So overall, a good little segment to debut Brian Adams, though, I thought. Yeah. That yeah, was no doubt. the most attention Brian Adams got in the rest of his WCW career. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was mo- – yeah, without question. Um, but we're on to the main event here. We got Sting and Luger taking on Hogan and Savage with Bischoff and Elizabeth. Oh, hold you on. talk something about that, man? Yeah. Uh, Gene also then brings out J.J. Dillon. Oh, and then he and, explains okay, – Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. J.J. announces that we're going to have Martell versus Booker T – at Super Brawl, and then the winner of that match will then fight uh, Saturn later on at Super Brawl. So, kind of a two matches for the TV title there at Super Brawl, which I think is a good idea. I like mm-hmm. that that idea. Yeah, no, and it definitely got over. That was for sure. But um, something else that kind of got over was this main event. Uh, it's going to end in a DQ because obviously, why not? Uh, yeah, of course. We're gonna see pretty much Hogan and Hogan and Savage go at each other's throats and all that bullshit. And we see Hart and Flair come out to help Sting and Luger. Uh, just setting up this setting up. That's all it's really doing. Justin is setting up uh, Super Brawl for the uh, heavyweight title for Sting and uh, and Hogan, and mm-hmm. still playing at that possibility of a Hogan Savage match down the road as well. So yeah, it's, it's it's proven a point. I don't like. It. I well, I just say I don't like it. I I get it. I'm not a fan of it, but I get it. Yeah, it's definitely we're definitely leaning towards Savage going face again, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that will happen here soon, I think, when he wins the title later on this year. Yeah. Um, but overall, there was nothing wrong with this match. Sting got his shit in at the end. Got his two stinger splashes in on Hogan and before the NWO runs in. And then here comes Flair. Here comes Bret Hart. And at the end of it, at the end of the show going home, you have Lex Luger, Sting, Bret Hart, and Ric Flair all running the NWO out. And it is a good celebration for WCW. Yeah, and like I said, it's this is something that you really have to expect going forward. When you're talking go home shows, they have to set up the pay per view. They have to set up these feuds. They have to. It may not be the best matches. And you they can't obviously want to leave. Can't it. Give it all away before the right. show. Right. You want to leave it for the pay per view and just just show. So excuse me, and you can't fault them for that. You just want to tickle their balls with a feather, which Efren has done a few times. He's good at it too. Are you, are you sure you it's a I feather though? I'm not going to tell you how I know he's good at it, but yeah, he can, he's a good tickler. You only, you, you only giggle once and then you kind of just lay back and enjoy it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually enjoyed this show top to bottom. I didn't hate it. I, I always like going back watching, you know, 96 through 98 area when I was really paying attention, watching both shows every week. And mm-hmm. um it just brought me back and made me remember a whole lot watching this show. So I enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to next week when we have Adam from Bama on here to watch Super Brawl with us. But before that, we have to send it up to Mr. Rich Palladino to introduce our next segment. It's listener questions. 
All right, Justin, we got our usual suspects this week as far as our listener questions. Uh, ladies first, as always. So money Ms. mics Amy. up first? Oh, Amy, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not, not yet, anyways. Give us some time. No, Ms. Amy is up first. She wants to know, did you feel there was uh, not enough drama for this title match? Uh, so they did a did this weird dosi do as far as the uh, TV title goes. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Dosi do Is that how that goes? Um, not Nigel, Joe, but oh. that works too. <laughs> that works too. Um. Is she talking about the television title match? And, correct, and, correct, yes. Okay. I actually felt like this worked, Amy, because, like I said, it set up the three-way dance that it's not a triple threat match we're going to see, but the two matches we're going to see at Super Brawl. Um, and it also continued the feud. Obviously, we were supposed to see um, Booker T versus Disco Inferno, right? Mm-hmm. And then Disco Inferno gets what – was coming to uh, him when La he Parca. fucked around yeah. fucked around with Laparka. So Laparka then attacks him on his way to the ring. And so they need a replacement. And here comes Rick Martell. And then that Rick Martell wins. And then that sets up our our Super Brawl situation. So no, I, I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed this little uh little stick that they had going on. And they did it the right way. They didn't do a, uh, a traditional triple threat match. They did the one match and they did the next one here coming up at Starcade, or excuse me, uh, Super Brawl. And we'll talk about that next week with uh, Mr. Adam from Bama or Bama from Adam, whatever the way you want to do it. Alabama Adam, that's what I call it. <laughs> there you go. So Brad Stanton is up next. His question is, which Dusty Rhodes outfit is worse? NWO Dusty, the polka dots, or do we let him wear public enemy stuff? <laughs> he would look I, good. Brad Stanton always fucking has funny questions. Yeah. He would look good in some public enemy shit. Oh, I would like to I see. I would about, like to see Dusty in that. I'm never of- going to shit on the polka dots. I Oh, no. I, I grew up. That's how I first was introduced to Dusty was the polka dots. I didn't know anything different. So I liked right. the polka dots. Yeah. You kind of get, you got to kind of incorporate it all. You get some polka dot public enemies, like baggy shorts or something and a jacket. And then you gotta if, get if I had to do, a, if I had to do a fuck, Mary kill on this, I would kill Dusty in the NWO. Oh shit. yeah. Yeah. I would marry the polka dots and and fuck the public enemy outfit because that's that's just a funny little idea but yeah that's how i would treat that you gotta make everything weird don't you (laughs) (laughs) of course of course why not i I think that whiskey's finally hitting you um (laughs) i had a long day today i worked from 7 30 in the morning till 8 30 at night we had parent-teacher conferences this evening so it was a long day I, for me i had a i had a long day too i slept i had to sleep i slept into 7 30 
I actually had to rotate as we took a break before here. I had to rotate the damn towel against the door. So the freaking more water didn't come into my basement. So <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately our thoughts were with, uh, with Devin Dowling, uh, Devin yeah. Devin Dowling. He's uh, actually dealing with a lot more floods out uh, just far farther East of me here in New York. Devin Dowling uh, needs a suck pump. Either that or a snorkel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, the time has come, Justin. You can thank hear you, Brad that. Stanton, for another yes, good thank question. You. you can hear that, hear that sound in the distance. Mm-hmm. It's that ching, 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 bling, bling. It's I hear that like. sad train a rolling. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money. <laughs> All right. So, Money Mike's first of six questions. I mean, two questions is February of 98 means we are just over one month away from WrestleMania 14. And yes, he does know we're going over Nitro. Don't, don't, don't discredit that. At this point in the Monday Night Wars, did Justin, that's you, or RJ, that's me, believe there was a clear winner? I felt, um, no. I no, don't know I that either. I, I don't think there was a clear winner at this point. Um, I mean, WWE still hadn't put the title on Austin, even though, yes, I felt like WWE at this point was a better show. I still didn't feel like they had won anything. I felt like the fight was still alive, so to speak. Yeah, I I really think that that it really didn't happen, that clear cut winner, really, until that Foley when Foley won the title. That infamous, oh, that'll put butts in seats comment by Tony. I, yeah. Because they still had a chance then. They still had a decent enough product. I think this is around the time, though, into this spring, where people are getting tired of all these NWO run-ins at the end mm-hmm. of matches, and there's never any finishes on matches. Right. That's that's when it starts to slide, and I think we're getting into that slide, but we're not quite Whoa. there yet. We're going to see half of this damn card for uh, 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 Nitro tonight was fucking DQs. Either that or no matches or whatever. So we're starting to see that downward slope to that to that point. I really do believe so, Justin. But uh, Money Mike's next question is, we see the Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, and uh, Dean Malenko. He says tag team match, but that's whatever. I'm just reading verbatim so you can bust bust them but anyways he oh, says, it was a is... tag team match this if between Boy, those on this show yeah right uh was it a misstep on the part of wcw not to elevate one or all of these individuals to main event status during this era uh if you can also uh elevate one of four who would you pick and why um i don't think it's a misstep because there was no room at the top yeah, there when wasn't. You, yeah, it's, when you've got Hogan, guys. you got Sting, Hogan, Savage, Bret Hart now, Ric Flair, um, you know, DDP, even you got all these guys that are there. It's hard to shove those big name guys, you know, Holland Nash. Mm. It's hard to shove them out of the top with a Chris Jericho or an Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Now, as, as far as which one I felt like could be elevated. Well, it's the one that they did start to elevate here, and that's Chris Benoit. I mean, they're putting him in an angle here with DDP for the U.S. title. Yeah. Um, by the next year, we would see him getting 
world title matches. So Benoit's the guy. I, you know, initially I was going to say Benoit, but I'm like, you know what? I really thought that they should have done something with Jericho uh, more than they did here. They should have given him more just do. He could have done a lot more. And I'm not saying that now because I know what it all turned out to be where he reinvents himself time and time again after this fact when he goes up north. I just think that he had he had the whole shebang, the whole ball well, of wax where you didn't have to worry about Benoit. You didn't have to worry about a bad promo like you did with Benoit. But we haven't seen yet Jericho with Rufus. We haven't seen Jericho's list yet, I don't right. think. So no. we're still getting there with Jericho. Whereas Benoit had already you know, Ben, I think in kind of these bigger angles with the four horsemen and stuff. And he'd kind of proven himself as a guy that could, could be elevated. Yeah. I get that to a certain extent, but I just, I, in general, I just wish they would have done more with Jericho. And like I said, don't discredit the third guy in this list too, Dean Malenko. He just wasn't that guy to main event. You know, he wasn't the size. He didn't have the size. He had the, he had the ability to do it. Well, he and was Eddie. More that, yeah, or Eddie, Eddie, yeah. Eddie had already been U.S. champion. Remember right. that in 96 yeah. and feuded with Flair. Um, right. Eddie was definitely there, but I just always think that Benoit in the there. end, when Hogan's there, listen, Hogan in 93 in WWE was telling Vince, Brett's too small for, for me to put him over, brother. So... Mm -hmm. A guy like Hogan definitely ain't going to put over Jericho or Eddie Guerrero. Well, yeah, we knew that going into it. But um, but I will put over Money Mike for those questions and Amy and Brad. So thank you guys for... Money Mike actually had two good questions. He usually has one good question and one really shitty one. He actually got two decent ones in this week. He's picking up his game. Well, you probably threatened him enough to probably scared of him. <laughs> yeah, you know? I got his address now, so he better oh, watch Joe, out. Oh, he's he's screwed. Why did you? Why would you do that, Mike? Why would you do that? He mailed yeah. me a Christmas gift. That's what he gets. He did my. He did mine too. I got a nice little uh, Zippo. Yeah, I did. I got a Bengal Zippo. Yeah. Nice, but uh, uh, no, actually, I think it's a red Cincinnati Reds one. Um, thank you for that, money, Mike. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, it's. Why would you do that? Anyways, <laughs> it is now time, Justin, for Miss Amy's favorite segment of the week. So let's get Rufus in here to hit the button. Let's get musical. Let me hear your body talk. All right, Justin. So it is wrestling with music time. We got two more additions to our list our rankings, if you will, this week. We're up to 44, Justin. I can't believe it myself, to be honest with you. Woo! Put two fours up, everybody. I'll put one up because I got like, one <laughs> in my other hand. So. Uh, so nothing's changed in the top 10 since we did last week. All We did Glacier last week, and we did uh, Kidman last week, and those well, were at the bottom. Honestly, you know why nothing's changed in the top 10? Because we've been doing WCW. Well, that's why. It's, it's hard. It's hard. There's, I think there's only one WCW. Uh, well, Heat. no. Harlem, Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat and Ric Flair, I guess you can count. Um, and Horseman. And, oh, yeah. And Horseman. So there's three. 10. But it's hard for WCW to get in because they don't have Jim Johnston. So. They suck. <laughs> 
All right. So without further ado, we got two more coming in this week. It gets tougher and tougher, like you said, with WCW themes. But um, I actually found one this week, Justin, and I haven't told you what it is. As you can see right now, if you're sharing my screen, obviously, you know now. But um, this theme basically describes every aspect of my life. More, more importantly, my physique. So without further ado... <laughs> You can't get much better than that. I'm going to stop right. Simply delicious. I'm um, he's vicious and delicious. I, uh, you kind of run out of options with this. You really do. And that's a sad part. Yeah. And I don't, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't uh, I I don't get it. I, I, do you, I like what, the Here's the thing. I got a feeling that one will be ranked low, and I don't want to go into all the reasons. But one of the reasons is I associate Buff with the NWO music. Yeah. At this time period, I I barely I don't even remember that he had his own theme back then. So that's it's not very memorable. <laughs> so my rankings, I'm looking at the bottom. I will put him right above Kidman, right between Kidman and Bret Hart. Um, can you put up the? I can't. I don't have the list. Can you put it up real quick so I can kind of? Okay, that might help you a little bit. Um, let me get to it. And obviously, go to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're go to the bottom. Okay. Hold on to me. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, it's going to be down there. Um, gosh. I, was I would. Thinking, I was yeah. Right there. Or no, excuse me. Right between. Right between Brett and Kidman. Okay, that works. <sighs> so right, Buff Daddy coming in at number 42 out of 45. Um, now it is time for my selection, which... Um, not a lot of different ones on this show that we haven't already done, but I found one and it is from the model himself, but now he's in black leather. He's a black leather model. He's a, as Efren would say, he's a black leather daddy. And uh, Rick Martell, he had some music here for the short period of time that he was in WCW. And so let's give it a listen, RJ. Sounds like a car commercial. It's very techno. All right, I can't listen anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's got to go at the bottom, too. (laughs) That's going to go below Kidman. Yes. Well, at least we're not going to piss off Amy, at least. I mean, all these, we're down, you can tell we're scraping the bottom of the barrel, because the last few weeks, all of our guys are just going straight to the bottom. (laughs) 
We really are, man. And it, it, it's it's an old I country swear. song. I forget who sings it. But if I'm gonna sink, I might as well go to the bottom. See, um, I got my yeah. song in for the week. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, but no, so that's gonna be wrestling with music, and we apologize this week because those are two shitty, shitty songs. Um, obviously, next week we're gonna be going, like we mentioned, we're gonna be bringing in Adam from Bama going over uh super brawl eight with him don't know how many matches we're gonna be watching yet uh, i left that up to him uh, he'll obviously be in here with us all all show um like everybody has the last couple episodes uh so we're looking forward to that and uh it's, i always look forward to the last episode of the month each week because we get to have someone on different yeah. we've had uh amy obviously and the devilish devin dowling one himself um, so it's always fun to get to talk to you guys that listen to the show and we really appreciate you guys listening. We so much appreciate your interaction with us. And, uh, it's just, we do this every month to, to kind of reward you guys and give you guys a chance to come on here and hang out with us. So we really appreciate it. Yeah. So go over, head over to castby.com slash ringside rant. All our socials are there. We have all our platforms that we're on, including full press coverage, the Shining Wizard Wrestling Network, Wrestling with Johnners, as well. We're over on Daily Smart, too. So go to dailysmart.com. We're also played over there. We're all over the place, Justin. It's so great to be part of these great uh, these great networks, as well as all your major podcasting platforms. Yeah. We're over at whatamaneuver.net. Uh, excuse me. What a maneuver, pal. Yeah, dot net. Um, so our, all you know, who I, you know who I hope gets on here with us one month is that slapdick Brad Stanton. We need to get him on here one time. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Brad, <laughs> Brad may have to step up his game a little bit if he, uh, he comes Uh-oh. out here. You've been challenged, Bradley. <laughs> but anyways, guys, thank you so much. Next week, we are going to be, like I said, going over that. So head over to uh, follow us on Twitter at underscore ringside rant or at JD2040. Send in your questions there. Uh, follow us there and, uh, you'll see all my lovely, lovely love notes there every, every day. Um, so Justin, you got anything, bud? Obviously football season's over, so I don't know what, uh, what else more you can say. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. I'm super proud of the Cincinnati Bengals for the season they had. People picked us to win four or five games this year. We won the division. We beat the Raiders at home. We went to Tennessee and beat the number one seed in the AFC. We went to Kansas City and beat the daunted Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And we had a lead with a minute and a half left in the Super Bowl and let it slip. So very proud of this team. And I can't wait for the future. Very happy to uh, have Adam on next week. And I'm just really excited to, to do it. So I can't wait for next week. See you guys all then.